I'm Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of the Illinois Association of Medicaid Health Plans, and this is Sam Says, a podcast series focused on Illinois Medicaid managed care. Hello, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group, and welcome to Sam Says. On today's episode, we sit down with Samantha Olds Fry, Chief Executive Officer, and Elena Kennedy, Chief Operating Officer at I'm Hip, to discuss maternal health here in Illinois. First, let me welcome our host, the Sam and Sam Says, Samantha Olds Fry, CEO of I'm Hip. Sam, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Durandal? I am doing well, doing well. Uh, let's bring in our very special guest. We have Elena Kennedy, Chief Operating Officer at I'm Hip. Elena, welcome to Sam Says. Hi, Durandal. Thanks so much for having me here today. We appreciate uh, whenever you join us. So let's dive into it. Uh, we're excited to jump into the discussion today about maternal health here in Illinois, especially since I'm Hip will be highlighting maternal health all month long. But before we do dive in, uh, can we first provide a holistic overview of the state of maternal health across the country and Illinois for our listeners? Yeah, Durandal. So the U.S. ranks 33rd out of 36 countries for infant mortality, uh, with an infant mortality rate of 5.9 deaths per thousand lives, um, and the average uh, rate is 3.9 deaths per, per thousand lives. So, you know, on average, really seeing sort of two more um, infant deaths. Uh, than sort of the, the worldwide average. And really, when you think about it, that's not just two, you know, more in babies per thousand uh, births, but really it's, you know, two more families just absolutely rocked. So it's not one person, just the mom, it's, you know, the t- entire uh, family and the community. You know, we really see um, increase in uh, higher proportion of birth defects, preterm births, low births, maternal complications, um, sudden infant death, uh, of course, and injuries, and really the least, um, the last ranked among developed countries for maternal mortality with 17 maternal deaths per 100,000. But I really want to remind everybody that the deaths that we talk about when we talk about maternal health are really just the tip of the iceberg. And we've talked about this before is that, you know, the deaths are the absolute worst outcome, the worst outcome we can imagine, truly heartbreaking. But underneath that, underneath the surface are all of the injuries, all of the trauma, adverse outcomes um, that aren't necessarily reported and captured in the same way. And then when you look at that a little further, you know, we're capturing the average. But what when you look at it by race and ethnicity and income, you really start to see that it, you know, the disparity that exists as well. And so that's something that we here in Illinois and at IMIP have been talking about quite a bit is how do we improve outcomes for everybody? How do we improve outcomes, of course, for our Medicaid members that health plans cover? And then how do we close those disparity gaps that exist and that are rocking our communities um, regardless of income, right? Like, so we've talked about this, you know, we all have heard about, you know, Serena Williams and Beyonce. And, you know, these are, you know, absolute rock stars with wealth and, you know, just and well known, and they're still facing sort of those disparities within the healthcare system that we know exist. And so, how do we create public policy that is going to sort of to sort of stem the tide that we've been seeing for for decades here, really? And so, this matters um, personally and professionally to us here at IMHIP. So. 
professionally, Medicaid covers approximately 50% of the births uh, in the state of Illinois and across the country. So what are Medicaid policies? They're going to impact the over, uh, you know, the, the women that we cover here in Illinois, the pregnant women we cover, and, and they're going to impact policies that hospitals and doctors take for the entire population, regardless of Medicaid coverage. But then for me personally, as a pregnant woman who's going through all of this and, and interacting with this healthcare system and has, you know, really an up close, upfront uh, perspective of where there are opportunities, where there are challenges, um, and what those disparities really mean for how I interact with the healthcare system versus how others do, and how do we make sure uh, that the uh, experience that I receive is really one that all women receive, regardless of healthcare coverage. You know, Samantha, it's always so great coming on here today. One, because I love listening to you talk about this space, um, but it really just becomes an extension of conversations that you and I continuously have. We are constantly talking about this space and, and it's so important to put things and frame things in with the statistics and level set. But one of the things that I and you and I always talk about is that because Illinois Medicaid pays for roughly 50% of all the births, we are posed to make a really big change. And with concerted efforts, we can really improve the rates of full-time births and overall health and well-being for moms and babies and, and hopefully work on closing those significant racial, racial, racial <laughs> and ethnic disparities. Because, you know, as Illinois and the nation's largest payer for um, childbirth rates, um, you know, we have a huge impact. Um, influence. So based on that, I was going to ask, what are some of the initiatives or quality programs MCOs currently have in place to, to address the disparities? So all of our health plans just do such phenomenal, amazing work in providing partnerships with um, those who boots on the ground, the providers that are in the community. But they've also launched a variety of different pilot projects in collaboration with you know, BEP vendors, um, such as, you know, Sweet Potato Patch, which is a home food delivery service. And they're providing um, those home delivered services to the moms. And then they're really engaging with those moms about conversations about you know, high-risk pregnant members who have been diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, you know, obesity, um, or live in identified food deserts. You know, and all of that's to uh, decrease infant and maternal morbidity and mortality. And so you know, all of the MCOs are entering and engaging through thoughtful discussions with our providers, with people within the community to really wrap around these families. You know, also county care and some other health plans have been leveraging and having discussions about midwifery, you know, and how they can leverage those services to address disparities and equity in Medicaid. There has been also discussions like as we had a previous recording talking about um, oral health and how do we engage pregnant moms and um, individuals with addressing their overall um, health, but also their oral health. And so there's so many initiatives that really kick things off. But I also, what I love is the community engagement element. So many of our health plans have done um, 
baby showers, which I think is such a clever way to connect with the community and connect with the mom and feel like she has a support system. In some cases, um, that might look different, those support systems and who she has in her um, court, but to know that she always has her health plan and providers there to support her. And so in some of these, uh, these, um, showers, they give them welcome kits and they have a variety of different tote bags and disposable diapers, baby wipes, um, thermometers, baby powder, you know, all of the fun things that you would get at that time. So there's just such a range of services and outreach that's occurring from the health plans. One thing that comes to mind is uh, actually our podcast with Blue Cross Blue Shield and where Harmony Harrington highlighted, you know, the pregnancy support groups that Blue Cross uh, has at their community centers that they transitioned uh, to virtual given the pandemic and the support and the community that they were building for their for their members and for pregnant women, um, especially because we know the high rate of postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. But what people don't also talk about is there's also a really high rate of prenatal uh, depression and anxiety. And all of that was just exacerbated given the pandemic and the isolation that we all felt individually, um, but the anxiety that uh, pregnant women and women with, um, you know, early postpartum women with newborns went through um, because they didn't have the support that they had really envisioned. They were at a higher health risk um, and, and there was just so much unknown both uh, globally, but then also for them individually within a family unit. And so the idea that the health plans are stepping up and providing coverage, not just from a healthcare perspective, but from an emotional well-being and community building perspective, really to me shows why Medicaid health plans are in this space, why they're important, and the work that they can do for members, for providers, and for communities at whole, um, because it's not just you know, clinical outcomes. It's not just, did you get that prenatal visit? Did you get your flu shot? You know, do you know where you are scheduled to deliver? Um, it's really, how do we support you? How do we provide that holistic coverage for you as a person? Um, and, and whether or not that's, you have a support group, do you have uh, an OBGYN that you trust? Do you need a midwife? Do you need a doula? Um, and so that's where the health plans are really stepping up um, from my perspective. Okay. And so building on this, I was curious, the traditional fee-for-service Medicaid organizations, I mean, were they doing these types of partnerships or programs before the Medicaid managed care organizations? And are care coordination services available across the state? Yeah, so great question, Rondal. And and one we you know don't always dive into is sort of what is the difference? What does the coverage look like when you have coverage from a Medicaid health plan versus you know traditional fee for service? And I, I just have to say it's pretty darn significant um, in terms of the difference. There aren't care coordination services and fee for service. There aren't those you know support groups or that additional transportation service. There isn't that um, easy phone number to call that's going to be you know your call is going to be picked up. Uh, you know, within 30 seconds, and they're going to be, there's always there somebody there to answer your questions. I mean, all of our health plans have 24-7 nurse hotlines, which are critical for pregnant women when you're waking up in the middle of the night and you're not, you know, you just want to talk to a nurse. 
um, and and just make sure that things are normal um, and, and sort of help triage what your next step might be. And so, you know, when Elena talks about Sweet Potato Patch and the food programs, or we talk about the Blue Cross support group or the baby showers or those, you know, the nurse hotline or care coordination, you know, none of that exists in that fee-for-service system. And so that is why Elena and I are such strong proponents of care coordination and what this coverage means, um, but why, you know, the whole, the state has really moved in this direction is because this is, you know, what I like to think of as Medicaid plus um, and a more comprehensive coordinated coverage for the people that we serve. Fantastic. So it seems like there are a lot of great initiatives in place today, but I know that uh, due uh, in part to I'm Hip's leadership, there have been lots of new um, maternal health initiatives enacted that are designed to address health equity. Uh, can you walk us through these? Elena, let's start with you. Of course. Well, We'll walk through a lot of these today during today's podcast, but we've also done some previous recordings, executive corners, as well as some podcasts on some of those items. And so I really encourage our listeners today to go listen to those. Samantha does a fantastic job of really breaking those down uh, because we live it and we breathe it and we're so passionate about this work. Uh, so Check out those executive corners, which can be found on our LinkedIn, our Twitter, and our Facebook as well. But to break down a few of those today in, in high-level strokes, you know, uh, this past year we had some really fantastic initiatives that um, passed the legislature. Uh, as you all know, I'm HIP was championing and pushing for implicit bias training. It's such a, an important piece, and and you know. As we navigate our space, we all have our different lenses and that will, that impacts though the quality of care that individuals are receiving. And especially as we are talking about the racial disparities, you know, with non-Hispanic um, black women and Hispanic women having um, much higher rates of infant mortality and um, morbidity as well, we have to make that concerted effort and address those implicit biases. And so uh, some wonderful legislation was passed that uh, to do some trainings for that, you know, doula support as well. Doula support is a proven strategy to increase health outcomes for mothers and babies. They reduce disparities and, you know, engage the moms, you know, as we were talking about really that engagement factor is so vital and important. And ultimately it can have the potential to increase the satisfaction of those receiving the care and ultimately the value of that care. And so Medicaid coverage of doula care can result in higher quality and um, care and then just helps also provide that culturally appropriate and patient-centered care that can overall reduce the impacts of, um, um, of poor quality for uh, pregnant women of color. So um, that was something that I was really excited about. And, you know, uh, there's been a lot of studies that have proven um, just the positive impact of that care uh, for our moms and babies. But I'll let Samantha also add additional color. Yeah, so we talked about it additionally that Illinois is one of the first states um, to expand postpartum coverage for pregnant women for a full year after birth, which is going to be really critical um, because when we think of maternal um 
mortality, we often think of leading up to that, to the birth and then delivery, but actually you should be looking at that period afterwards as well. And that's where, especially untreated mental health conditions or substance use disorder conditions are going to be potentially most prevalent. Um, and we're going to see the highest um, per, uh, risk of both overdose and then potential um, death by depression. And so having that healthcare coverage extended um, to make sure that moms have the access and the coverage that they need to a counselor, to mental health professionals, but then also true to just, you know, your OBGYN and your primary care physician for those, those uh, physical health care needs as well, postpartum, a very sensitive, vulnerable time is critical. And the recognition that it's not just, you know, 60 days after, and then you're sort of cut off and left without anything. Um, but that full year, which is probably the most challenging time for a new mom, um, that healthcare coverage um, extension, I think is really critical and is going to be key, uh, not just in improving that mom's health, but that baby's health as well and the family because you, your baby's health is directly impacted by your well-being as a mom and as a parent. Um, and so really helping support those families holistically is something that the state has been trying to do and that Medicaid health plans are excited to partner with um, as we continue to move forward and strengthen the healthcare safety net that we have here in Illinois. All right. A lot of good conversation today between you and Elaine. A lot of you know, interesting points about a, a very, very important subject. Sam, as we wrap, final question for you. What is the most critical thing that uh, listeners today should walk away with? You know, I think it's that the Medicaid health plans are here to provide coverage for pregnant women and families um, and, and really here uh, as that the safety net to make sure that you get the care that you need to answer questions for you um, and to help you navigate this, you know, sensitive and vulnerable time. And then beyond that, that the, the Medicaid health plans want to partner with community organizations, with practices, with hospitals, with clinicians to improve the overall system, because that is what we all rely on. Um, and we're going to continue to sort of push forward in terms of making the system stronger for everyone, because when people fall through the gaps and, and fall through the cracks of our public policy, it impacts that individual, it impacts that family, and it impacts that community. Um, and so really, we need to uh, work to strengthen the system holistically together. Okay. All right. That's a good spot to end it on. Special thank you to everyone who works in the maternal health space, and special thanks to Samantha and Elena for their thoughtful discussion today. I encourage you to visit the I'm Hip website at imhip.net, that's I-A-M-H-P.net, to learn more about what the association is doing and to listen to other interesting podcasts like this one today. I also encourage you to like and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And if you're interested in becoming a trusted partner with the association, I encourage you to reach out to Elena Kennedy, I'm Hip's Chief Operating Officer, or again, visit the website at imhip.net. On behalf of Sam and Elena and the wonderful team at I'm Hip, again, I'm DeRondel Beverly with the Gemini Group. We appreciate you tuning in to another episode of Sam Says. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you soon.